is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free! But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. are listening to 897 WECO Claire. This is the final whistle on Blue Gold Radio Sunday with Jack and Durs. Wyatt is not here with us um, tonight. He just could not make it. But uh, you still get Durs and I. So uh, excited for that. Um, another eventful day of football here, um, especially for your Packers. They obviously were able to pull off that win. That's pretty cool. But we'll, we'll get to them. Uh, a little later, I'm sure, um, unless you wanted to say something about that real quick. But uh, I mean, not a lot. It was a, actually a pretty thrilling game if you were a Packer fan, but yeah. not if you were anybody else. So, Well, we'll jump into our quick hits then. Um, first off, uh, Steph Curry in the NBA has been uh, on fire lately, leading the team to an 11-1 record right now. Um, does Steph's early dominance and the team's dominance in general bring the Warriors back to their consistent contention ways that we saw prior to the injuries to Clay Thompson and the um, kind of minor rebuild that they went through? I think that it does, and I think their record just speaks for itself. I mean, they've started the season 11-1, and one, good for best record in the NBA, mm-hmm. obviously leading the Western Conference right now. And Stephen Curry has just been lights out. He scored 50 against the Hawks and then 40 against the Bulls. And the win over the Bulls was impressive considering that they were one of the pleasant surprises to start the year in the NBA. Right. Um, so just being able to, you know, beat the Bulls um, and pretty handily too. I mean, they, they beat them 119 to 93 at a nice true home game for them. Uh, the Bulls are now eight and four though, and they were eight and three going into that game. So just for them to get a blowout win over a good team with the addition of DeMar, um, you know, obviously he's mixing well and meshing well with with Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball. They picked up Alex Caruso from the Lakers in the offseason. So just for the Warriors to go and really play, in my opinion, the best team they've faced this entire season, right? at least right now, um, it was very impressive. And obviously Steph Curry dropping 40 in that game in just 34 minutes was very, very impressive. Yeah, and, and I think just their team in general... Um, shows that they are going to get back to that winning their winning ways right. i mean and you have to remember i mean clay thompson is clay, not even playing yet exactly but. and soon he's going to be back which is i mean granted he's not played in two years so i guess we'll see if he um, is what he was but if he can come back to even partially what he once was that makes this team that much more scary but you got steph curry who's playing out of his mind dream on green who's still one of the best defensive big men in the league James Wiseman has really come into his own as a good center in this league still very young Andrew Wiggins has kind of found a role for himself in this uh on this team um and and a lot of good role players I mean they've got you know Jordan Poole really solid second point guard they've got Otto Porter who has been a starter in this league for a long time Bielitsa was um a solid scoring forward or big big man for the uh Timberwolves prior and I believe the Kings as well they've got really good role players obviously led by Steph Curry 
they I, I can only see them getting better. I mean, mm-hmm. so it, it, very excited for this team. Um, I think the biggest thing though is their true test is yet to come. I mean, right. as you said, the the best team they've really faced um, was the the Bulls and. You know, it's pretty easy to drop 123 on the Timberwolves. And um, you played well against the Hawks, but the Rockets you should beat. And the Pel- this Pelicans team this year doesn't look that great. You should beat them. The Hornets still aren't where they want to be. You should beat them. Same with the Thunder twice. Like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You're mm-hmm. 11-1, but, like, outside of the Clippers and maybe the Trailblazers. Um, or, that was preseason, never mind. And, and the Lakers at the start of the year. I'm not sure that we can clearly say they're back to where they yeah. need to be, but I, I it's exciting mm-hmm. to watch. And I, mean. I think I think that's a good point. I I think that overall, though, just because of you know how many games are played in the NBA, starting at an 11 and one clip is impressive, no matter who you're playing against. And like you were saying, I think it's going to be exciting to definitely have the Warriors back in the playoffs. I think we can agree that barring an injury to a significant player, and especially once they get Clay Thompson back they're going to be the team to beat in the Western Conference. Absolutely. Um, and it'll just be interesting to see Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and, and the original trio of them and Draymond Green with the addition of Andrew Wiggins now. Because Andrew Wiggins has been on the team for a couple of years, but he's never been on a playoff team for right. that, for the Warriors. So that'll be very interesting to see. I think the, the other thing that I'm really curious to see by the end of the year is um, whether Steph Curry pulls off uh the mvp this year i mean we've been talking about it we talked about it last year too mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get to that a little later i think <laughs> okay um so moving on from that our next quick hit and i know something again you wanted to talk about a bit there um the badger badger football back on that I talked about it a little bit last week a little bit the week prior does wisconsin wisconsin football have a realistic chance to win the big <clears> 10 championship <throat> championship despite their one and three start to the season, obviously coming off um, another win this past um, Saturday against the uh, against Northwestern. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, I actually think that they have the best chance really? that they've had in the last decade to win the Big Ten championship. Really? Yeah, and this is a this is a surprising take, which I'm aware of. Obviously, that they've had better quarterbacks in the last right. ten years. Um, with the likes of Russell Wilson, Alex Hornibrook, and Jack Cohn, then in comparison to Graham Mertz. Right. I understand that completely. However, Braylon Allen is a 17-year-old freshman phenom. Who you had already touched on once, yeah. Right, but he is just, he's so incredible, and nobody wants to tackle him. I mean, he's definitely going to be, if he keeps progressing, he'll be a first-round draft pick in the next two years. He'll probably be 20 years old, you know, when he goes and enters the draft just for how good he is as a freshman as a true freshman and remind you he skipped his uh senior year of high school to enroll early yep cool story there the defense is the best in college football in terms of yards allowed they're second in in points allowed at just 14.6 points per game but that would be even lower if our offense didn't consistently cough up the football i think wisconsin has allowed six or seven other teams to score against our offense this year that's seven touchdowns against our offense that's how badly we've been in turnover margin in certain games so yes that is a red flag um but also i mean graham mertz is improving he's five touchdowns two interceptions so far this month which is a huge turnaround from how he started the year 
I think he was one touchdown to six interceptions in the first month. And it's just they're playing complementary football. They're kind of mixing the run and the pass very well. They'll run it a bunch of times consecutively, and then once the box gets stacked up, they'll give Graham Mertz a nice clean pocket, nice play-action pass, roll him out, and get an easy throw to a tight end or wide receiver. And here's the main reason why I think they have the best chance. So I just touched on all of that and how they're improving their offense. Ohio State and Wisconsin, that is a trap game for Ohio State. And this is assuming that Wisconsin can beat Nebraska at home next weekend and then beat Minnesota, by the way. so Which I'd argue the Minnesota one is a trap game for I think Wisconsin. they're both actually trap okay. games. And, and we'll get into that a little bit too, but Wisconsin and Ohio State is a trap game because that's the number one defense in the country against a first-year starting quarterback in, in C.J. Stroud for Ohio State. Ohio State this year has the worst defense that they've had in this last five years at least very young very inexperienced secondary remember they lost so many great players in their secondary in the last few years to to the nfl like jeff okuda yep and um you know this year i think jeff wilson in the last few years too from ohio state so just just considering who they've lost on defense they they can't recover very well they allowed 31 points to the gophers in the season opener 31 to purdue this last week so i think if wisconsin can just score 25 30 points they'll be able to put away ohio well, state real and, quick, and upset them i'm gonna disagree with you on that and okay. in, in only because slow down i mean you just beat rutgers and northwestern you know like yeah. you you know they're good wins they're wins you needed but i don't know that they're they're that proving i mean you look at their entire season and they have lost to the good teams and beaten the teams they should beat for the most part outside of you know beating Iowa who's a pretty solid team you know you you lose to Penn State you lose to Notre Dame you lose to Michigan teams that you know are up there in comparison Mm -hmm. if not below Ohio State I think that's really hard to sit here and say okay but we beat Northwestern and we beat Rutgers and we beat Purdue and we beat Army like okay None of those teams that you just that I just named. Why are did going you selectively leave out Iowa? I I pointed out. I said it ex- excluding oh, okay. one, which was yeah. Iowa. That's Purdue's the, pretty good though. But they've they've been Iowa, Michigan State. Yeah, but I'm but I'm just saying. And, and again, that was a close game. And it, just saying, I don't know that anything they've done or any win they've had has said to me this this team is destined to. Win so, at all. so you think I they think haven't they gotten that signature beat, win yet? Not at all. And okay. I think they should beat Nebraska. And I think Minnesota is going to be a tough game for them. And I think even if you win both of those, that's still going to be really tough to move on from that. But moving on from what we just said, um, our final quick hit of the day. Are the Rams serious title contenders now that they traded for Odell Beckham Jr., even though Robert Woods went down out for the season with an injury? Absolutely not. Okay. Because partially because of Robert Woods. Yeah. He's currently playing more to his ability than Odell Beckham Jr. has been playing. And anytime you lose a high caliber player like that, I mean, thank God for the Rams that they did sign OBJ. Right. Because that would be such a bigger loss. So I do think that, you know, signing Odell Beckham Jr., that's going to alleviate some of the stress on the Rams and, and Matthew Stafford now that they do still have sort of a bona fide receiver on their roster now that they lost Robert Woods. But even if you look at his last 
like five seasons. Odell Beckham Jr. in those last five years, uh, knee and or a broken ankle, finished that year with like 300 yards. Then he goes to the Browns. He has, or, or the next year, actually, I think he was still in the Giants. He has a little over a thousand. Pretty nice season, but not, not the numbers he put up in his first three years in the league. Next year, leaves for the Browns or gets traded and puts up again just slightly over a thousand yards. Struggles to get there, and then he has actually a pretty nice start to the season last year before tearing his ACL out again. And then this year he has 232 yards up until this point. And I understand that he didn't mesh well with Baker Mayfield. I understand that he's never played with a quarterback with the talent that Matthew Stafford has, especially that he's shown this season. But he's a risk. He's a risky signing. He needs to prove himself and sort of resurrect his career because a lot of wide receivers in the NFL can get to 1,000 yards. So neither of those two seasons within the last five years are that impressive. And I think... Odell Beckham Jr. still garnered the attention that he should get if he was getting seasons where he was putting up 100-plus receptions and 1,500 yards and 10-plus touchdowns, but he hasn't put those numbers up in about six years now. Right. And so he's a risky pick, uh, and I just don't think that... I think I think there was such an overreaction to him based on what he's been able to prove within the last several years. I... I think that what this does, I think the Rams, without getting Odell Beckham, had a chance to be our Super Bowl contenders. I think okay. before signing Odell Beckham. So do you think he was more of a tipping point for them? I think losing Robert Woods and adding Odell Beckham keeps them right where they are, and that is as Super Bowl contenders. Okay. Um had they still had Robert Woods, I think it would have been the tipping point. And I say that mm-hmm. as, first of all, look at who they're, look, um, is it uh, Jefferson? Is that their third receiver? Van Jefferson? Yes. Yes. Van Jefferson has been a productive third receiver. Um, Robert Woods has been a productive second receiver. And that's all because of the benefit of having Cooper Cup as your number one. Okay. Cooper Cup is such a good receiver in this league with a very good quarterback. Oh, he already is almost at a thousand yards that, at midseason. That, exactly. That enough teams have to focus their defense and their secondary on Cup. Cooper Cup. Yep. That you're going to open up the field for anyone else. And you lose Woods and you don't have OBJ, you take a step back. You uh, lose Woods and you have OBJ. Yeah. OBJ has never been on a team where he was not the featured receiver. Okay. Mm hmm. He's going to benefit from not being the featured. That's receiver. a great point. Absolutely. That is a fantastic point. I will say this though. I think we should revise the question. Okay. I think the question shouldn't be, are they contenders? We've known they're contenders. I agree that they're contenders. Are they favorites now in the NFC? Not even for the championship, but just in the NFC, because we have to remember how talented the Packers look, how good the Cardinals look, how good the Cowboys look. The Buccaneers are still in the mix. I mean, Tom Brady didn't have a great game today, but the rest of his season has just been incredible. So right. you have five teams in the NFC who are still very good. Um, and I'll even go as far as to say this. I think that just because of the injury to Woods, I, I don't disagree that he made the team better by joining the team, but replacing him with Woods, that's not a benefit to the Rams. And I would also be worried. I mean, this is a guy who's a very controversial, distracting Absolutely. locker room presence. Yeah. 
I honestly think that they might have cursed themselves by adding him to the team. Mm. He his personality and the way he approaches the game does not at all match any of those other players. I mean, Robert Woods is a humble hard worker, same yeah, with Cooper Cup, you know same what? with Matthew Stafford. I think that I it reminds me enough of Antonio Brown with Tampa Bay. Okay. You bring in this, this big personality. Yeah. You bring in someone who has had success in the past. And been humbled. Been humbled. From that success. And you put him in a place where he wants to be. Where he chose this destination. This is where he wants to be. With a quarterback who has shown to be one of the best in the league when he has his weapons on a team that has a very good O-line where he doesn't have to be the featured receiver. It's almost identical to Antonio Brown right now. And we've seen how Antonio Brown has blown up and been an, a very important part of the Super Bowl that they won and their current success. And I think we could see the same thing with Odell as long as he's willing to say, okay, I'm in this for the team. I'm in this to win. I'm in this to know that my role is slightly lower than anywhere else, but to almost accept that. Cause I think he needs that. I think he needs to get back on track by being the number two, by being someone who they can rely on less as the, uh, uh, who, who's not playing the top cornerback every week. Who's, you know, getting mm-hmm. the, the second check, the, the second of progression, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff is going to benefit him a lot more. And, and one more point towards your argument too, is, is the Browns are a rushing offense. With right. with the one two punch of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they don't throw the ball usually more than thirty times a game. Right, and a lot of their throws are towards tight ends because of their offense and the and the style that Kevin Stefanski runs down there. So, I do think just with Sean McVay, I think there's a legitimate chance that his career will be revived. And the Rams will benefit hugely. It's it's really a toss up in my opinion. So I think I think it could go either way, but um, I think we should we should move on to some of our more main topics at this point. Yeah. So. Well, first before that, real quick, you are listening to eighty nine seven WUEC Eau Claire. This is the final whistle on Blue Gold Radio Sunday with myself, Jack, and Durs. Um, yeah. So moving on to our main topics here for tonight. Um, Staying in the NFC West, Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks have been very underwhelming. Now, granted, Russell Wilson has been out for a lot of the year, and you know we've seen how that really, you know, Geno Smith was not going to do much for them. He comes back this week, um, fresh off of his injury, fresh off his recovery, and they lay a goose egg. They get shut out by the Packers in Lambeau, seventeen nothing. Does this just add to the talk of Pete Carroll needing to be fired? Is he more on the hot seat? What What do we think? What do you think here? I personally think that they should fire Pete Carroll tomorrow. Really? Yeah, and I don't. I don't think that he should have had a job going into this season. Really? No. I mean, every ever since he decided to throw the ball to Malcolm Butler on the goal <laughs> line, the Seattle Seahawks have not been the same franchise at all 2015 they were still okay made the playoffs they were down 31-0 to the Panthers at halftime couldn't come back the year after that they again made the playoffs but needed a 27 yarder to be pushed left by Blair Walsh just to stay in the playoffs didn't have to bring that one back okay okay but I'm I mean both years they underwhelmed in the playoffs yep 
2017, they missed the playoffs. Okay. Nine and seven. 2016, they're 10 and six. They lost 24 22 to the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. If you just keep going through their season by season records, I think 2019, yeah, they lost to the Packers there at Lambeau in the playoffs again in the divisional round. They have not been back to the NFC Championship game since 2014 to, to beat Green Bay. And Pete Carroll has consistently underwhelmed as a play caller. They have not had a running back that can stay healthy consistently that is a great downhill runner since Marshawn Lynch. Chris Carson has shown flashes of, of greatness. Right. He can sometimes be a very valuable option, but because of his injury history and his inability to see the whole field, he's not your number one guy. He's he's at best his best role would be the number two running back on a very good team that could be a third down back, okay. could be a pass catcher back. Okay. And the amount of carries that they give to these guys, a lot of times like guys like Rashad Penny, who just you barely hear about him. Yep. Travis Homer. Like Alex who are Collins, yeah, who yeah. are these guys? And he gives these guys oftentimes I, I understand that as a good head coach, you have to balance the run in the pass. I get that. But when you have Russell Wilson, I understand he didn't play well today, but other than he was still ranked third in total total QBR going into today in the league. Right. When you have a quarterback of his caliber, I just don't understand why the Seattle Seahawks consistently run a very basic West Coast offense. I don't understand why they run the ball 25 times, 30 times per game, and it shows. And ever since they lost Richard Sherman, ever since Cam Chancellor retired, the only guy left from the Legion of Boom defense is Bobby Wagner who is a Hall of Fame middle linebacker. Right. So to my, but, to my point on that, yeah. I think this is less on Pete Carroll. Okay. I think this is more on John Schneider, the GM. Okay. This is a team that has failed to put a solid defense on the field since the Legion of Boom, lost Richard Sherman, lost Cam Chancellor, lost, like we said, only real returner mm-hmm. is Bobby Wagner, who at future Hall of Famer, He's about all they've had left. They have failed to get um, better at the D-line. They have really failed to get better in the secondary, considering that their secondary was already bad, and then they released Trey Flowers, who was one of their starting uh, cornerbacks. I don't understand that move they have at all. Not, I know. They have not, they have not fixed the, their issue at safety. And then to your point, issues at running back have not been solved. O-line has been rough. Their only consistency on offense is now Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And I think, I think, and going into today, other than returning for his injury, he had a 125.3 passer rating. So while his total QBR, like I mentioned, was third, that would have ranked first in the NFL. Right. Minimum a certain amount of games. And he has covered up, just like Aaron Rodgers did with Mike McCarthy, he has covered up so many issues with that team. And I think it showed again today. I mean, sure, he didn't throw the ball well. He had two interceptions. And a lot of his reads, I thought, were poor reads. But there was no one open. There was not a lot of play action. He didn't have a lot of time to throw where he wasn't being rushed. He was still showed great footwork and a crafty ability to get out of the pocket like he like he's known to do. And there was just nobody open. And And maybe that's a testament to the Packers' secondary, but they're missing Jair Alexander- Kevin King, we know, is Kevin King. And then you have Eric Stokes, who has played great, but he's just a rookie cornerback. You have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Yeah, right. 
and how he only threw for 161 yards on 50% completion for zero touchdowns and two interceptions. I think that he, he was rusty. Yes. But a quarterback of his level does not play that poorly coming off of a finger injury. If the coaching doesn't have something to do with it. I don't know. I, I, I think, and back to what I was saying, that's, I, I, I don't know that it's coaching. And I think, when you cannot and injuries have hurt obviously but when you cannot establish a run game it's really hard to establish a pass game it's even harder to establish a play action game and at to your point of not much play action to work in russell wilson's favor how do you run a play action i mean it's the issue that we run into with the vikings where it's like okay Kirk cousins is a very good play action quarterback why are we not running more play action well if the run game's not going well this game you can't run play action the defense knows exactly what's coming and so I, I don't I think it's more about this offensive line is not very good. Their running backs are not very good. Their defense is not very good. And though their defense only gave up seventeen to the Packers mm-hmm. in the past, they have not they just have not and they, been good. they did they did give up almost four hundred yards to exactly. the Packers. I mean exactly. they got that a few lucky breaks. They had a missed field goal by Crosby, forty two right. yarder. That's one he usually makes. So you're gonna add twenty now they have twenty points. Right. They had an interception in the end zone on the worst throw Aaron Rodgers made all day. He should have just thrown it away and taken the points. They also had a turnover on downs on a fourth and two at the end of the first half on on just a risk by Matt LaFleur, and Lazard dropped the ball. So the Packers could have had 30 today. It could have been much worse. And when you have a complete failure on all sides of the ball like that, and they actually got... This was the best defensive performance that the Seattle Seahawks have had all season. If you look at who they were playing, the level that the Packers offense is known to perform at, and some of their game history earlier this year, they had a pretty nice showing against in their last two games. I mean, their defense is improving, but with Geno Smith, their their offense has suffered so much. And honestly, I think if you put Geno Smith out there today, they might have it would have been the same. It would have been the same showing. He might have even been better. I don't know if that's them rushing Wilson back too early, but again, it's just so stunning to me that he came back and put up zero points. And also, I mean, he was still moving around. When you you have a finger injury and it's not a leg injury, I mean, he can still weight lift. He can still rehab. He can still do footwork drills. That, to me shows he was conditioned enough to play and I, I still think that coaching had a big big impact on this loss um I think that we're putting way too much weight on Russell Wilson because okay. Russell Wilson teased us like this last year he started off the year really hot and was every everyone was saying next MVP this guy's gonna blow up the season you're and right as the he year went, a terrible as year went he, he he fell off and he kind of came back to earth this year he gets hurt his injury kind of happens at the midway point of the season we see him kind of possibly start to plateau here i would not be surprised if this is just who russell wilson is and i don't know that we can blame that on pete carroll um the seahawks had three draft picks this past draft mm-hmm. they had a second rounder a fourth rounder and a sixth rounder how are you building your team when that's all you have? Your second round pick was Dwayne Eskridge, a 24-year-old rookie who has barely played this year because of injury. Your fourth round pick is a cornerback, Trey Brown, who, as we've seen, that that secondary is not very good. And their sixth round pick was an offensive tackle. So you sit here and you kind of go, okay, 
why is this team built the way they are? Where are their draft picks going to? How are they filling this team? I still will sit here and tell you the only three players on this team that are making an impact are Russell Wilson, um, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. I, it's really hard. And then with that being said, and I think that's been the case for a few years now, they have been a playoff team consist- team consistently. They were 11-5 last year. They were 5-0 to start last year. And this is the team that they put out there, basically. The changes they made this offseason were very minuscule. They didn't do a whole lot else. And if anything, cut one of their best cornerbacks in Trey Flowers. I don't know that that's on Pete Carroll in any way. I think he's still finding ways to make this team succeed with a right. pretty broken roster. And in the toughest division in the NFL. I think anyone will agree that having to face the Cardinals twice, the 49ers twice, the Rams twice, none, that is not easy. Um, and they find ways to still succeed. This year's looking rough. I don't know that it's on Piquero, though, in my opinion. I think that there are too many other factors to move on from such a successful head coach who... Mm-hmm. And such a knowledgeable head coach. Would it be too far to say and bring up a similar point with what you were talking about with the Vikings last week? Could the Seahawks just clean house after the season? I mean, I I guess you could, but I don't know that that's a productive thing for them. I think the difference between the two is with the Vikings, this is a consistent reoccurring issue that we've seen through Zimmer's entire tenure here in Minnesota and, and through Spielman's entire tenure in Minnesota in, in right. Minnesota. I think with the Seahawks, you've seen enough with Pete Carroll and with that coaching staff and with Russell Wilson that like one year of struggle, maybe two. It's, but the thing is it's it's not one year. They've been consistently underperforming. Think about it this way. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl with the Packers. They still fired him Seven years later, and now in he's succeeding with the Cowboys. Sure, but they still fired him. Yeah, he was still. It was still the relationship between himself and Aaron Rodgers was fractured. Remember, going into this season, Russell Wilson. There was talk of him leaving. He was yep. very disgruntled. Absolutely, Rodgers for whatever reason got more attention, but Wilson almost left the team. He was very upset with the play call at the end of the last year. He was very upset with Pete Carroll, and it has been now. Eight seasons since Seattle won the Super Bowl. It's been seven seasons this this season since that interception on the goal line by by Malcolm Butler. Ever since that play, they have significantly underperformed. And and if you look at the Packers, ever since making that change, they were thirteen and three NFC Championship appearance. Thirteen and three NFC Championship appearance. Yeah. Now they're eight and two, but looking towards the one seed and another potential Super Bowl run. And Seattle, they're not even a playoff contender this year. This is going to be the third time since that play in 2014 that they've missed the playoffs. That will be this year. And the other few seasons, they haven't made it past the divisional round. Whether it's the GM, whether it's the coaching, they need to make a move. And they they have three games left against two against the Cardinals, one against the Rams. Right. The rest of their schedule is relatively manageable. They play the Bears, Lions. Texans and Washington, but yep. aside of those games, they still play the 49ers once, the Rams, and two against the Cardinals. I think if they don't go at least two and two in those games, Pete Carroll's got to go because now that's your division, and that builds. Even if they don't make the playoffs, winning some of those divisional games could build momentum for next season. Okay, but what do you? 
not necessarily naming who you go get, but what are you looking for in a new head coach? Are you looking for a more defensive minded to try and fix that? I think aspect? you always you look. To, I think you, you always yeah. look for a defensive minded head coach. Really? Yeah, because defense wins championships. I I don't know. Look at the teams who have been successful in this league. I, I feel like recent success have, has come from offensive minded head coaches. I look think at, I at think at potentially Bruce Arians. Look at Andy Reid. Look at Sean McVay. Look, I mean, all of these guys are kind of offensive gurus more than defensive. But, but Okay, I, I think I think we should rephrase it. I don't know that the head coach needs to be a defensive mind because that's a good point. I think that the GM has to have a defensive mind. Whoever is making the moves because Sean McVay is offensive-minded, yes. He turned Jared Goff into a relatively stable quarterback for yep. a few seasons, which is just mind-boggling to me. <laughs> but throughout that, they look at who they have on defense. They have Aaron Donald, Von Miller, who they just got, but that's helped. That's helping them this season. Well, to that point, look at Jalen Ramsey. What they're doing though. They're mm-hmm. that. In comparison, Seattle no draft picks because of trades and things like that, not panned out. Okay, but the the Rams going all in. They haven't had a first round draft pick since they drafted um, Jared Goff. Okay, because they're using. They've been using all these picks to trade for true superstars in this league they did it for von miller they did it for jalen ramsey they did it for matthew stafford they they did it for robert woods they have done it all the time and they have built a team around their stars and said now is our time seattle's not done that okay but the thing is regardless of if we're talking team building here the seahawks already have a good enough team on offense at least no 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 i'm not not on defense they need an offensive line. They need some linemen, but and they need a running back. They have three good players on their offense. Yeah, right. But, I could say the same for the Vikings. Have... There are plenty of teams that have a a solid quarterback yes. and two weapons. Well, they also they also need to give Askridge time. They develop as as their number three running back would be nice, but obviously you need a line before you get a running back. Look at yeah. look at how good Najee Harris is and how bad the Steelers oh, absolutely. line is. But I think we so, can also add in that their quarterback play in Pittsburgh is not right. bad. I, I also don't comparable. think you use a first-round pick, though, on a lineman. So I, I, I always think that's a waste yes because if you, no. look at, if you look at recent drafts for certain teams, a lot of great linemen can still be taken in the third round, fourth round, fifth you know round. Why that's not, you, know, you know why that's not... I don't like that argument of X number of first round picks panned out, X number mm-hmm. of non first round picks have panned out. You know how many picks come after the first round? A lot. Chances more. are one of those is going to pan out, and one of the thirty two is not. That's a good point, but I still think that skill position players are more important in the first round. And it also Maybe. depends on the team. It also depends on the team. So many great players have been absolutely destroyed by the team that drafted them. The Giants are doing it to Kadarius Tony right now. I personally think he was one of the best top 10 players in the draft. He's underachieved this season because he's with Daniel Jones and because he's with the Giants. So I mean, he's dealt with some injuries and right back to back to Seattle. Just so we stay on topic here. I think overall they need to change something. And this next upcoming draft and off season is going to be huge. I think they need to fire Pete Carroll and maybe the GM to bring in a head coach who is going to, or, or a GM who's going to put more emphasis on defensive players, try to recreate that Legion of Boom, make sure they re-sign Bobby Wagner because he Absolutely. is he's not too old. He still plays at a high clip. Get some O-linemen and still build 
both sides of the ball around the stars that they still have right. remaining because they they still belong in Seattle. They've built a career there. They've built a life there. Well, and I think it's the argument we talked about with Rodgers for a long time is mm-hmm. like, are you to the point of wasting what you have in Russell Wilson? Oh, they've been doing it for years. Well, you, but yeah, he's another quarterback who should have at least two chips by now, if not three. I think that's fair. Um, real quick before we move on to our next topic, you're listening to 89.7 WUECO Claire. This is the final whistle on Blue Gold Radio Sunday with myself, Jack, and Anders. Um, next topic real quick um, for the second half of the show here. Staying in football, going with the Browns. Are the Browns going to be in the quarterback market at the end of the season? Um, obviously, it's been... Well known that Baker Mayfield's underperformed a bit this year, um, and last year, and last year, and and a lot of people are unhappy with with kind of where he's been. Um, do you think that they're going to be looking for a new quarterback? And if so, what? How how do you fill that need next year? I think personally that they they. I don't know that they need to necessarily get rid of him or send him anywhere. Okay. Um, but I do think that after this year, they need to bring in a free agent or someone who can compete with him and, and try to, to push him a little bit because case Keenum was never going to beat him out for a starting position. He's a better player than case Keenum. I mean, case Keenum is probably the best backup quarterback you could have in the league right now. Okay. I mean, that's a reasonable argument, but I'm talking about someone who's been, both a starter and a backup quarterback in their career. Someone like like Tyrod Taylor, someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone like Ty I don't Bridgewater. know that you could sit here and say Tyrod Taylor is a better option for you like than Case Keenum. Case Keenum. In okay. fact, Tyrod Taylor, didn't he wasn't he on the Browns a few years yeah, ago? Didn't and he, he was replaced by the, Baker Mayfield. Exactly. Um regardless of, of that, Mayfield does not cut it against good defenses and good teams. He's he struggles so wildly against a lot of teams and he's so inconsistent it's it's either like he puts up Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes level statistics or he plays like the worst quarterback in the league he'll play like Drew Locke or like um a a Jared Goff or any of these terrible players I mean today against the Patriots and he also left with a knee injury today which I think I should mention but before that he threw for only 73 yards on a 52% completion rate. He did throw a touchdown, but he also threw an interception and he had a 56.3 rating. The Browns lost 45 to seven today in their worst performance of the year. I don't think you can put that all on Mayfield, but a large part of that and those struggles is on Baker Mayfield. So they lost to the Patriots, correct? Right. That was at, as I'm going to bring up later, they've been on a roll. They've been on a tear lately. They've been really good. Mac Jones has looked really good. One. Two, um, Baker Mayfield has been dealing with a lot of injuries. Obviously got hurt in today's game. He He's been dealing with a shoulder, a shoulder shoulder issue yep. all year. Um, so injuries have derailed him. His offense has been inconsistent all over the place. They haven't had a consistent running back all year. As Chubb went down with injury, so did Kareem Hunt. They've been trying to figure out who that next running back is going to be. Their offensive line has never been that great. And then, of course, inconsistencies at wide receiver. Jarvis Landry's been hurt for part of the year. Odell Beckham was not what he was, didn't want to be there, wasn't buying in. And after that, you've got a lot of guys with a lot of question marks there. That offense is not set up to succeed right now. It's a very Browns-like offense where you sit here and you're like, okay, Coming into the season, it looks good, and then it falls apart as usual. 
then to your other point, if you're not going to do it in the draft, if you're not going to say, hey, we're going to commit to someone new, which I'll touch on in a minute, your potential free agents for next year are Ben Roethlisberger, Taysom Hill, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Mm -hmm. Mitch Trubisky. None of those names are going to... Fix their but issues. None of them are going to be a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield is right now. I mean, if anything, they might match what Baker's doing right now. I don't think any of those names are going to fix that issue in any way. Then if you go to the draft, if they really want to use a first-rounder on the pick, mm. there is way too much uncertainty in this year's draft class. I mean, coming into the year, there was ex- there was a consensus number one quarterback who's now not even playing in, in college football. Um, uh, blanking on his name, but from Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler? Yes. Where everyone coming into the year thought that guy's going to be the first quarterback taken on the board. He's not even playing. Caleb Williams took his job. Exactly. So then you look at. He played pretty bad this weekend, though, against Baylor. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, this is a weak enough quarterback draft class that if your number one quarterback coming into the year is no longer even the starter in college. Man, that that's a big red flag. I don't know that I'd trust Malik Willis from Liberty because it's Liberty. I think some of those smaller college quarterbacks, it's hard to tell if they're really going to pan out in the NFL. Same goes with Matt Corral with Old Miss. Same goes for Desmond Riddler or Ryder in Cincinnati. Like mm. these are schools that are not typically known for their quarterbacks, not typically known to like produce a lot of NFL talent. I'd, I'd be really worrisome to go out there and say, we've picked our replacement. Did you mentioned the, the quarterback from, from Liberty. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, he might be all right. I think there's potential for that. But again, mm-hmm. it's always hard to see. You're bringing in a quarterback from a college like Liberty, not really known for producing their NFL talent, especially not for quarterbacks. And I mean, Josh Allen came from Wyoming. So Josh Allen came from Wyoming. I guess, you know, sometimes you sometimes can find some guys. I mean, absolutely. I but, think I think I think Joe Flacco played at Delaware. Right. So some some guys do they, come. They from happen schools, sometimes, but, mm-hmm. but I I don't know that that it's consistent enough to sit here and say we're going to bank on this guy being our replacement for Baker Mayfield. For all you know, you're going to get another Baker Mayfield or worse. I agree. And and here's what I'll say though, my opinion isn't that Baker Mayfield's terrible that he needs to go. It's more that he this season has been at the root of most criticism directed towards the Browns, and this is a team that their cap space is pretty filled. They were very aggressive in free agency. I mean, this is a team that they built to win now and five and five, especially with all the positivity surrounding this team. We just can't figure out who they are. I mean, last week they destroyed the Bengals in Cincinnati, 41 to 17 this week. Now they are, Losing to the Patriots, forty-five to seven. I know the Patriots have been good. I know they have a good defense. I know Mac Jones has been playing great, but losing to the Patriots in in a route such as that is just unacceptable because that's a thirty-eight point difference in the NFL. That's right. unacceptable. They have guys like Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson, Jadavian Clowney. That's their pass rush. They also added John Johnson. At the end of the season, they they got him from the Rams. He played great. He was a Pro Bowler last year, and I think he had six interceptions too, which was was towards the top of the the league. I think it was second in the league to to Xavier Howard. So, um, just that roster in and of itself on defense is so impressive, and on offense they have the one two punch, the two headed monster, Nick Chubb. They have 
uh, Kareem Hunt, and Dernis Johnson's been playing pretty well. This roster is so deep. I know they lost OBJ, but this is such a deep roster that for them not to be at the top of their division right now, or at least in a spot where they have a record over 500 is just unacceptable to me. And I think a lot of it falls on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, though, in his career is currently, well, as we've talked about this season, dealing with a lot of injuries, dealing with a lot of just problems on the offense that are out of his control, whether that be with the wide receivers or um, his O-line or his running backs, whatever it might be. He is still has the highest completion percentage he's had in his career. He has the second best quarterback rating he's had in his career by 0.2 points, so nearly identical. And outside of a lack of touchdowns, has looked as good as he's looked in any other season. And some of these games where things have been brought down with that being the Patriots game, the Vikings game, and the Steelers game, each one of those dealt with different injury things. That Vikings one, it was his first week coming off of his initial shoulder injury. The Steelers one was coming off of him re-injuring his shoulder. And this Patriots one, he got hurt midway through the game. Um, The games where he has been healthy, I mean, he's played well. He played extremely well against the Cardinals. I mean, he had two touchdowns, one interception, but 102.4 quarterback passer rating, 67.9% completion percentage, um, two touch or 234 yards. I mean, he's he looked solid. He's thrown for over 300 yards twice this year, um, including a game where he dominated against the Chargers with 305 yards, two touchdowns, and a 122 and a half um, passer rating also was very good against the Bengals just a week ago. I think that the issues lie beyond Baker Mayfield. I think that this is still a Browns team that is building the wrong way. Okay. Um, everyone knew Odo Beckham had his issues. Right. Okay. That's it is what it is. Um, Jarvis Landry inconsistencies and then not a lot of depth behind that. Running back injuries, not a lot you can do about that. An offensive line that has not been as good as you'd like it to be, that needs to be fixed. They have a really bad linebacking core. Um, none of the three positions have very solid they players. They lost Joe Schobert, who's a pretty good impact player there right. too. Um, I think that there are just enough issues beyond Baker Mayfield, but just like a lot of other quarterbacks in the league, blame tends to fall on them. Um, it's... And with some of these players that mm. that tend to be off field ish, uh, or off the field problems, like Odell Beckham Jr., they'll put the blame on the quarterback. I, I think that tends to happen. We saw it with Stephon Diggs in Minnesota. We saw it with with um, uh, Antonio Brown in uh, Oakland. We we've seen these issues where they blame the quarterback because they're not going to blame themselves. But mm. I think a lot of them, it, it doesn't always fall on the quarterback. It's situational. It's this and that. After Odell Beckham uh, left and was kind of vocal about his uh, frustration with Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry came in to support Baker Mayfield. Basically said, this is my guy. I like this guy. He, he's our quarterback. We're going to follow. Like, players like him. Mm-hmm. Players think he's a good player. He's shown he can be a good player. He has not had the best of luck with injuries. not had the best of luck with, with lots of things. So I don't know that you need to look elsewhere. And also this offseason, I don't think it is the year to look elsewhere. I don't know that there's as many options as there's been in the past to actually fill that need. And I think you did bring up some good points too about the inconsistency of this team. 
against very bad quarterbacks. Okay, their their performance. Kirk has played well this year, so their you know fourteen to seven win over Minnesota that was pretty impressive about a month ago. But yeah. they allowed forty seven points to Herbert, thirty seven to Kyler Murray, and then forty five today to to Mac Jones. Yeah, and those poor defensive outings those have lost them games but on the flip side of that they lost 15 to 10 to Pittsburgh so the defense played fine against Pittsburgh but I mean granted Big Ben's not very good anymore um, but they lost that game 15 to 10 and the offense didn't show up there last week that you know what with a 41 to 16 win over Cincinnati last week I mean that is a complete performance that's what they're capable of and so the reason why I'm so frustrated with this team is, and, and potentially Baker Mayfield is because it seems like every week, every time that they lose a game, it's a different problem. Right. Today, both sides of the ball played terribly. That's the result you get. Absolutely. And there are a lot of better teams in the league than the Patriots. So if the Browns don't play well, that score could be even uglier against a team like like Green Bay, for example, mm-hmm. or or the Rams. So it's just so confusing when they have in my opinion a top 10 roster in the league but they're sitting here at 5 and 5 and they've suffered multiple blowout losses this year to teams where i think on paper they could match up almost just as well. Well, and i think the other thing to So add, so what do you think the the one question i would ask to you sorry to interrupt but no, you're fine. the one question i would ask to you is what is the biggest problem if it's not Baker Mayfield. Well, I think it's hard to know right now. We need to see this team healthy. Okay. I don't know that we've seen a consistent healthy team at all this year. Well, you mean considering the the fact that Nick Chubb's out for COVID, Chubb's Kareem, out, Hunt's hurt, Kareem Hunt's hurt, Baker's, Baker's hurt. been dealing with injuries, yeah. okay. Jarvis Landry's been hurt throughout the year, You've, um, you named, uh, what's his name on defense um, that you named who's been hurt? Um John Johnson. John Johnson's mm-hmm. been hurt. You know they've been dealing with injuries. You got to. We need to wait and see this team actually be the healthy. The other thing is, they have the Ravens twice yet. Yeah. They have the Packers yet, and they have the Bengals yet. They have the Raiders yet. Those are five playoff contending teams. They still play. Those could be five more losses. So so just for fun here, let's say they drop four or five of those games. Okay. They go one and four. They go zero oh and five. Will you expect any major changes this offseason? I don't know. I, I don't know that it's time to move on from Baker Mayfield. I also don't know that it's if it's time to move on from Kevin Stefanski. He's been around uh, this only his second season. The point I did want to make about Kevin Stefanski and this team um, is coming from the coaching tree he's come from, coming from Minnesota – he likes to run a very run first offense. Okay. And when your team gets down in a run first offense, you have to resort to passing Baker Mayfield and the Browns are at their best when Baker throws for 250 yards and two touchdowns, you know, not mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes ask, not Russell Wilson ask, not Aaron Rodgers ask. You're looking for a solid, middle of the road performance where he's not throwing too much, but he's not throwing too little. And okay. But then can, the issue can that take a defense. team to the Super Bowl though? I think it could. I mean, it I, could. I think, okay. I think it resembles what Tom Brady has done in, in Super Bowl wins. Tom Brady has for a while since mm-hmm. he's gotten older, has not had to be the deciding factor in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady could go out there last year 
in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady didn't mm-hmm. have to be a great quarterback. I think in his last two Super Bowl victories, you're correct, but he had that big comeback against the Falcons. Yeah. And in 2016, and then he also they lost to the Eagles, but he he threw for a Super Bowl record 400 and oh absolutely some I, yards. And, and I'm not trying lost. to you yeah. know I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is obviously different, but these yeah. last two years show that you don't have to be mm. the deciding factor to be a contender. And I think that this is the situation where if you have enough of a complete team around him, mm. you can. I, Baker Mayfield, I think everyone can agree, is not a top five, probably not top 10 quarterback in this league, but he's also, I wouldn't say a bottom 10 either. He's somewhere in the middle. I agree. And you can succeed with a quarterback mm-hmm. who's kind of middle of the road. You just have to overhaul the team around him. And it's very, it, I, I agree with that, but I think it's, you know, you that's demonstrated with Flacco. Yeah. But those playoffs, he played like the best quarterback in the league. Jared Goff, miracle, miracle. Nick Foles, also a miracle. But though they were they but, were in really good it systems. It, it, it does you're happen. In a, you're in a, if you're in the right system and you have the right, right players around you, you have a defense who can stop you. Again, look at this last year's Super Bowl. When mm-hmm. you only give up nine points in in the Super Bowl, chances are you're going to win. You know. So do you think do you think then that should the Browns miss the playoffs, they regroup and they just they hope for a more healthy season think, next year. They I maybe add some more players to their health, defense. Health needs to obviously. They got another you know, wide receiver for Baker. It's not OL maybe. I think it's got to be an overhaul on defense. If if you were committing to the Stefanski offense, right, your overhaul needs to be on defense. And as much as it frustrates me as a Vikings fan seeing an overhaul on defense because of this style of offense. It's what you have to do. It is the the twenty I think it was thirteen Vikings or what was the year that the Vikings no not twenty thirteen. What was the year the Vikings um had the Minneapolis Miracle? Was that twenty fifteen? Yeah. Um it's that. It's a team that Oh, they were twenty seventeen. Maybe it was twenty seventeen. Yeah. Case Keenum was their quarterback mm-hmm. and he had weapons. He had Diggs, Stephon Thief, Diggs, Thielen, Thielen. Rudolph. he had Rudolph, yep. he had a, a solid offensive line, he had Dalvin Cook was unreal, and then the Vikings had one of their best defenses in a while. Mm-hmm. They were 13-3, and three, and outside of that loss in the playoffs to the Eagles, which the Eagles were unstoppable that year, that was a Super Bowl contending team. You have to overhaul the defense, and you have to give them weapons, and you can succeed in that way. It's hard to do, but there has to be enough buy-in, and you have to be willing to spend the money in the right places and in the right ways. And I think that's what they have to do if they want to succeed with the team they have. I don't think you have to. I think it's too, um, it's too risky to bank on finding a different quarterback Mm -hmm. because I don't think there's enough options out there in my opinion. I I think that's a, that's a very solid take. And um, I mean, we're not the GMs, so we're just making suggestions here. I, I guess we'll find out, but um, that's all the time we have for that particular topic. So with five minutes left here, we're going to transition to talk about some hot takes that we have for the rest of the respective NBA and NFL seasons. So Jack, why don't you share your hot takes? So um, my hot takes going to stick with the football a little bit here. 
and uh, talk about the team who just crushed Baker Mayfield and oh, really? them, um, the New England Patriots. I think the Patriots will end up winning the AFC East, even ahead of the Bills. Um, and this season under Mac Jones is the restart of the Belichick dynasty. So and you're going dynasty. to take my hot take from last week and add that they beat the Bills to make the playoffs. I, I said last so. week they make the playoffs. I this, think this it's, week it's think more. It, it's more. I think it's more than just making the playoffs. I think this is. Not, I'm not saying Mac Jones is the second coming of Tom Brady by any means. He, I'm he looks saying kind of like Tom Brady. He does play like Tom he Brady. Has I'm body saying like Tom Brady that too. he does have a body like yeah, Tom Brady. He got that dead I, bod. I am saying though that I think with Mac Jones um, and with the success that they've had, this team is destined to succeed for years to come. I mean, this is him as a rookie, in, and it took some growing pains, and they were slow off the start. But I mean, this team is one. I think it's four straight. They now granted they beat the Jets in that first mm-hmm. one. They've beaten the Panthers and they beat a, a you know dysfunctional Browns team. But this team just looks the part. They look like they're firing all on all cylinders. Their run game has been like has been very successful despite every running back being hurt at some point. It mm-hmm. seems like Ramondre Stevenson was extremely good today. Um, Brandon Bolden kind of came out of nowhere and has been really good for them uh, down the stretch. Uh, their their receiving core still looks weak and is still finding why, ways to, to, you know, succeed out there. Um, and typical Belichick defenses are holding teams pretty well. I mean, they haven't given up... Um, more than 30 points at all this season uh they've the highest points they've given up or sorry they've given up 30 points once and that was to the cowboys who have the number one offense it was also in an overtime too and it was an overtime you know this is a defense that it looks like past patriots teams where they just look the part and i think that that all they needed was to find that that quarterback was going to fit that system that Belichick likes there the not the Cam Newtons not the mobile quarterbacks he likes his in the pocket uh quarterbacks I think with Mac Jones at the helm this this team is set to succeed for years to come again so that's that's my hot take I think that's a that's a fantastic take and I'm I'm curious to see if that ends up panning out for you um I'm my hot take is is a little bit generic but Based on the first 12 games of the NBA season, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Steph Curry will win the MVP this year. Okay, which I think you claimed would happen last year, and then we're wrong. So let me just throw okay, that out Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair, but he's overdue for one. Okay. Um, It's not going to be a Laker this year. I'll tell you that. I think, okay. I think it's going to be... I think there's four players who I think have a legitimate shot. I think Giannis always has a shot. I think Joel Embiid has a chance. I, I think curry is has the best chance um and i also believe that a guy like like damian lillard might have it he's having a rough year so far but he's usually a good second half player but curry is just he's been unbelievable um averaging 28.2 points per game obviously like like i was saying earlier in the show he had 50 50 points against he's the oldest player to ever have a 50 point 10 plus assist game yeah and 40 again against the Bulls in back-to-back games. I mean, the guy's just unreal. He's, he's the most fun player to watch, and I can't wait to see if he, he can take the Warriors to go back to the finals. Absolutely. So. Well, anyways, with that, you're listening to 89.7 WECO Claire. This is the final whistle on Blue Gold Radio Sunday, and uh, we appreciate you for listening as we are about to come up on 
uh, eight o'clock here. We will um, be here seven o'clock next week. So uh, please tune in to uh, the rest of Blue Gold Radio Sunday. That's five o'clock through eight o'clock Sunday evenings on 89.7 WUEC Eau Claire. Thank you and have a great rest of your weekend.